welcome to your Soul Biz Podcast, the place to be if you want to create a business and life you love. Tune in for uplifting content and interviews with inspiring women who are already living their purpose and turn their passion into a business they love. And learn how you can do it too. This show is your weekly dose of inspiration, insights and motivation, as well as honest talks and shares about the journey as a female entrepreneur. My name is Michelle Pine and I'm your host. I'm a holistic life and purpose coach, multi-passionate, lifelong learner and entrepreneur. I'm so happy that you're here. Ride along on this exciting journey with me. Love, Michelle. Welcome to today's episode of Your Soul Biz Podcast. I'm so excited and happy to have today's guest with me. She is a serial entrepreneur, the data analytics and e-commerce expert in China an absolute serious boss lady. Welcome with me today, Daphne Town. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yes, I am too. I'm so excited to have you today and to get into your story to let our viewers and listeners be part of your journey. So as I already mentioned, you're a serial entrepreneur and then currently you're mostly active in data analytics and helping e-commerce shops grow in China with the help of data. And you're also a speaker. I forgot to say that (laughs) besides being an absolute boss lady. (laughs) Okay. So tell us first a little bit of your background. How did you get to China? How did you start your businesses? Sure. Wow. I mean, I can talk for days, but let's keep it in like the short version. So I'm originally from Amsterdam, the Netherlands, have a double degree in business from Rotterdam University. And during my studies, they sent me to Hong Kong on an exchange. I was more American minded before, but then when they sent me here, I fell in love. I thought Asia and China particularly is amazing, a land of opportunities. And so after I finished my degree, I done a few months at Philips in Hong Kong. I had my first job in Hong Kong, but this was all in corporate life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when I came back to Amsterdam, I actually worked as a risk analyst for a bank. Okay. Um, (laughs) Very analytical. (laughs) And I decided this is not for me. I didn't like it at all. Hated it. So Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I come from entrepreneurial background, family. And so when the bank let me go, uh, this was my moment to then start my entrepreneurial journey. And I guess by now that's eight years ago. So I did different things, pivoted, as they say, right, as an entrepreneur. And uh, now the latest venture is about two and a half years Mm -hmm. uh, of Chowley, focus on helping Western brands get more control and more insights over their e-commerce operations in China. Nice. Wow. Super (laughs) important topic, not only in China, but worldwide, right? Mm -hmm. Like data analytics, using the big data to grow. Because you said that you pivoted, what kind of businesses did you have before? Well, it started a longer time ago when I was living in Hong Kong, actually, okay. that I started my own shoe company. Okay. So for every woman, she could design and customize her own shoe, mm-hmm. a bit like Nike ID, but then mm-hmm. for high heels. So you nice. can pick your fabric and your materials and, and height. It wasn't scalable. So as much as I loved having all the pairs of shoes in my closet, the moment you get a return, that ended up into being a big problem. I think one of the lessons early on was that I then, for a while, considered myself as a failure simply because I judged my success by my bank account. Mm-hmm. I think many people do that, many mm. entrepreneurs. But then when you look at it from a different way is that 
I learned so many things. I knew how things didn't work well. Mm -hmm. So that was the first part. Then focusing on Chinese companies wanted to enter the European market way before mm -hmm. AliExpress had even a Chinese wedding manufacturer, like wedding dresses. So okay. we opened the wedding dress showroom in Amsterdam. But there's the other way around. And then actually when Alibaba announced that it would be easier for Western brands to enter China, mm. that's when we realized, hey, but if we turn around the business model, we focus on Western brands, it's easier because we talk the same language, yes. they're more service oriented, and then we can help them bridge the gap to China. So that is a step-by-step -step process, I would say. Okay, wow. Yeah. And how, like, how did you get the idea to pivot the business model and be flexible? So I think as an entrepreneur, pivoting is trivial, right? You have to, especially now also with what happened in the world and in COVID and a lot of businesses are struggling. Mm -hmm. And from the pivoting point of view, I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship and okay. how can you build a business that mm -hmm. is scalable? I don't do that on my own. I have a support network, mentorship and coaches, and I'm in an accelerator program. Mm -hmm. So they then teach you how you can make and build a scalable business and the businesses beforehand weren't that scalable mm -hmm. we couldn't grow easily and so i think it's steve jobs says connecting the dots mm -hmm. at some point you feel hey my background my experience but also things that are changing in the world how can we facilitate that and change our business in such way and for us that was data analytics from initially setting up and running the stores no one wanted to enter the chinese market for a little while during covid mm -hmm. that's when we then decided okay no more setting up and running the stores but really focusing on the brands that are already active in china and okay. help them grow further okay yeah. so we come from a shoe company yeah. customized high heels yeah. over wedding dresses in amsterdam yes and then pivoting <laughs> to helping foreign brands to come to china an e-commerce market right yeah. and then now helping e-commerce shops to grow yeah. through yeah. big data absolutely yeah wow. you got it <laughs> it's a long journey okay. yeah <laughs> amazing so from first business to now, how many years are now? Well, the shoe company, I guess, was like 12 years ago. But that was while I was still working at a corporate. Okay. I think it was quite stressful also financially. Mm -hmm. uh, no external investment means that you still need to pay the bills. But full-time entrepreneur for eight years. Okay, yeah. nice. So you're really like an entrepreneur through and through. Yes. <laughs> well, nice. I, I hope so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. Because in this show, I'm always trying to interview women who turn their passion into a business. Yeah. So it could be shoes, could be whatever. Mm -hmm. In your case, I have the feeling it's more about entrepreneurship itself is your passion, right? Yeah, that was at some point perhaps also a little bit frustrating okay. because how you often see that people start a new business is they would either work at a corporate or mm -hmm. have a different job and then looking at things in a different way that they want to target a niche mm -hmm. or they think they can do things better or more efficient, but usually related to their previous experience. Mm -hmm. In my case, with my last job at a bank, mm -hmm. I just realized no more corporate life. I want to become that entrepreneur, but then I didn't really have the business idea. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was more about entrepreneurship. But at the time, I didn't really know where to start. But how did you get the ideas at the time back then? Yeah. So I'm an analytical person, right? Okay. So I wanted to take a approach of mm -hmm. how to start a company. Uh, so it's a lot of reading books also okay. about how you can start a company in a lean way. And there's this, I remember there's this really cool article from Tim Ferriss from mm -hmm. the four hour work. Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has a blog on his website. I'm not sure if it's still there, but it says how to create a $1 million business idea in one day. Okay. 
And me and my business partner at the time had a printout of that. Mm -hmm. We decided to go away for the weekend yeah. and really take that approach because it looks at what are the market trends, but also what are you good at, mm -hmm. but more so also what you're passionate about, mm -hmm. right? So someone gave the suggestion focusing, for instance, on elderly. They mm -hmm. have more time available, more money, and they become older. But then we felt that we weren't that passionate about yeah. it. So we tried it. We went to elderly fairs. We interviewed them, understanding yeah. how they would use an iPad, mm -hmm. but it didn't excite me. Mm -hmm. And then every time we would come back to China and the topic around China, and you could feel that energy flowing mm -hmm. so it's really connecting the dots okay. uh, and also the news helps when Alibaba announced Dima Global yeah, okay that was for us okay. the final like yes it's yes. opening up and okay. we're gonna help the Western brands and we were the first in the Netherlands to actually focus on China e-commerce nice so back then you were back in the Netherlands yes. and then, so you were in Hong Kong first idea like first yeah. business right mm -hmm. back in the Netherlands and then you came back to China yes that's okay. the journey yeah nice. so indeed I was back home back in Amsterdam for mm -hmm. a little while that's also where we started our office because we served a lot of Western companies mm -hmm. and it was just easy to speak with people mm -hmm. we really had to convince them about China there weren't that many success cases mm -hmm. no one had heard of Alibaba there was a yeah. newspaper calling us with the IPO asking yeah. us can you tell us more about Alibaba okay. fast forward yeah. I mean we even have singles day in the Netherlands yeah, now yeah. right yeah. so but because we were struggling quite a bit we then decided to get our hands dirty mm -hmm. and start our own online store. Okay. So we had the Daphne Holland store. Okay. Uh, simply because I look Dutch, right? Yeah. And then <laughs> we uh, launched on Jingdong, mm -hmm. and it was an online retailer for baby and mother care products. Okay. And back then, already using the data to see mm -hmm. where are the blue oceans. Mm -hmm. So everyone was queuing up for baby milk powder mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. at that time. We were then looking not at the cow milk, but then at gold milk because yeah. a lot of Chinese suffer from lactose intolerance so this is where we really look at how does the market look like what are the big players but where do we see room where's the demand for a yeah. product but supply isn't overly competitive and price nice. competitive okay. so uh, that's how we then had hands-on experience mm -hmm. about the customer journey how does e-commerce work which ecosystems play a role that then opened doors for many other brands who approached us and said this is great can mm -hmm. you help us set up our online store nice. uh, and that's how I kind of get started cool yeah. nice <laughs> so it's really like doing 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 huh yes at the beginning you didn't have the customers so you're like not so many yeah, so you, yeah. you created your own store I mean yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get the data yes. yes right yeah and then you could sell it because then people see oh okay that's how how they're doing it yeah right absolutely okay. yeah and, and back in the day because we have you know there's a lot of Chinese who then sell products from the Netherlands or any other country on Taobao and proactively have our staff screen the Taobao platform mm -hmm. to look at which Western brands are already sold but don't have a flagship store yet. So we'd send the screenshots and say, hey, by yeah. the way, are you aware that your products mm -hmm. are being sold in China? This is a really good sign. Okay. Have you considered opening your online store? We ah. can help you with that. So we always try to find creative ways of approaching nice. our clients. Yeah. Wow. So when you say we, how big is your team now at Charlie? So we're 15 people because last year we pivoted the business. So it's mm -hmm. a different team composition. Okay. So we now have a lot of data analysts, data scientists. The tech team is also in-house. So we really pivoted into a SaaS business. Business, but we say software and a service 
Okay. So what you often see is that there's not enough resources to mm -hmm. analyze the data, to interpret it, and to create the actionable insights, the buzzwords, yeah, yeah, actionable yeah. insights. So we have the software tool, brands, but also their Chinese partners can log on, can analyze their performance of the campaigns and of the store. And then once a month, we add consulting in the form of a report, if a company would like that as well. And then we help them to see how to improve and how to do digital experiments. Okay, uh, so nice. Yeah, okay. set up now. Do you have a partner? We used to have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so we used to be two female founders from okay. the Netherlands. Okay. And we knew each other from the studies. Mm -hmm. And so same background, same interest. But then with COVID mm -hmm. last year, for a lot of people, many things changed. And it was a tough year, mm. uh, honestly speaking. With Webshop in China, there's a few clients who then have to say pulled out of China. One of our biggest clients had also invested in a cruise line. These are the type of industries that oh, were wow. hit really hard, right? Yeah. So when it became very stressful, it was got me close to a burnout. Like at some point it wasn't healthy and the way we were operating the business anymore. And there's so much pressure and so much stress that I think, yeah, now it's a good thing that we go your own ways. We're still close, but also for me, it was such a reality check that entrepreneurship cannot be at any expense and it can't be at the expense of my own health. And so last year it was like an emergency break and looking at how can I make entrepreneurship fun again and how can it be facilitated my life instead of causing too much stress and health issues <laughs> oh definitely yeah. definitely so wow I mean I'm a holistic life coach mm. so who knows me knows that I'm all about well-being and yes. that's all part of it right like job or business is one big part but if you are not healthy you cannot really run it right yeah so that's it super key to yep. watch your health so talking about maybe already one big challenge, mm. the work-life balance, Absolutely. what would you say on your journey were the biggest challenges you faced? I think work-life balance is a big mm. one. The moment things are not going very well, my coping mechanism just tells mm. me to run harder. I'm wired in a way that I always want to win, mm. want to be the best at what I do. You think that more input means mm. more output, but it's actually the other way around, mm -hmm. right? It's counterproductive. Yeah. So not taking good care of yourself and very much constantly focusing on the things that you haven't accomplished yet. Mm. So I had a few business goals at the same time, having a very hard time personally, that impacts your business and your goals. So of you course. can't work full time, for instance, with a relative in the hospital or something like that. So I'm very much focusing only on that you haven't achieved your goals yet. Uh, you can be more proud of yourself looking yeah. at what you are accomplishing. Mm. And so being a bit nicer, being a bit more compassionate. I did a compassion training also mm. in that sense, right? Understanding that it's okay that perhaps there's a time delay. Mm. Yeah, making sure that not only getting frustrated of things that you haven't achieved yet. Okay, so number one challenge is being too hard yeah. on yourself, like being your biggest inner critic. Yes, I'm my best friend as well as my worst enemy. enemy. <laughs> and it's so yeah. true, yeah. yeah. So being that inner critic and also okay. not being able to enjoy the journey because I was constantly running. 
And then if you keep on running, it felt like running a marathon every day, right? Yeah. Then you can't enjoy because you're exhausted. Exactly. Uh, you don't sleep well. And I really did a lot of proactive coaching and like you said, the mm -hmm. holistic lifestyle yeah. where I realized that yes, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm so much more than that, right? The yeah. person Daphne, I'm not Chowley, but I'm mm -hmm. so much more. Yeah. And that if I take into consideration, what else do I enjoy and be more mindful in mm -hmm. the presence mm -hmm. helped me a lot. Like writing a gratitude journal, okay. meditating every day, have that me time. Okay, nice. Yes. So just to wrap that up for the listeners and viewers. Yes. So you said gratitude journal, mm -hmm. meditation, being more mindful. Yeah. Anything else that you recommend? Yes. What helped me a lot was like I did this core strength test online and it made me realize that some of my core strengths I kind of neglected. So okay. one of my core strengths is I love to learn. I'm mm -hmm. super curious. I'm one of the people who loves Chinese mm -hmm. classes, whereas all my yeah. friends are like, oh no, I need to study Chinese again. Yeah. So understanding what you enjoy doing and then incorporating that in your business or mm -hmm. in your life makes it so much more fun. So mm -hmm. I very deliberately think about how can I facilitate mm -hmm. that on a day-to-day -day basis and it gives a lot of energy. So that and walking is my recipe for oh. like, it's like a massage of yeah. the soul and the brain. So I try to walk at least uh, an hour a day. That really helps me clear my mind, but also helps me to get great ideas. Yeah, <laughs> so really silent walking. Yeah. You're not so doing no anything podcast. else. Like, yeah. oh, okay, like, oh, just yeah. want to make sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, except for yours. <laughs> <laughs> Right? <laughs> cool. I love walking to in nature, if possible. Yeah. I, I need to leave Shanghai at least once a month to just get into nature oh. and just escape the concrete jungle. As much as I'm a city girl, I love big cities and Shanghai, but sometimes you need to yeah, take yourself out of the buzz and out of the city and uh, some nature. Very yeah. good. So walking, gratitude journal, meditation, using your core strength right, mm -hmm. and talents. Yes. Right? Have more fun in your everyday life. Yes. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. I like that. It's really like also how I roll or try to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. N not too many shoulds, but also a lot of stuff that fills you up. Yeah. I think there's a few people that then said, well, you have then so many rules for yourself or routines. And, mm. and normally I get bored easily. So mm -hmm. the word routine would freak me out. Like, mm -hmm. ah, no. But actually, I then now realize that routine sets you free. So yeah. if you have your, for me, it's my morning routine. Mm -hmm. It's the same every morning. The things I just mentioned, the healthy breakfast, walking to the office, it helps me to mm -hmm. get headspace for things that truly matter and for the creative ideas. Mm -hmm. And it helps me get me grounded and keep okay. me grounded. So routine is for me, uh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm surprised to say it, but I love routines. I think you're very similar. I love routines too and I think that keeps you sane if you have routines that support you. Yeah, nice, very good. Talking about routines and maybe you've mentioned it already. What do you do, because you said you have a morning routine, what do you do if you have an absolute bad day? Would this morning routine get you out of it? Or do you have any special tricks or hacks to boost your mood or motivation wow. for the day? I think what I would use to do is beat myself up, right? Mm -hmm. So if I have a bad, like, if I would feel emotional or angry, mm -hmm. I would be angry and upset mm -hmm. because I'm angry and upset. Mm -hmm. And it's reinforcing, right? Mm -hmm. So again, I'm my worst uh, criticism, right? Yeah. So I'm like, ah, oh, no, come on, just feel better. That doesn't help me. 
Mm -hmm. I, that's what I found out uh, the hard way, actually. So now when I'm having a bad day, I'm trying to be nice to myself and be like, it's okay and it's temporarily, but yeah. your feelings are legitimate and you're allowed to feel bad. Mm -hmm. Even if there's not a, how to say, an immediate reason for feeling bad or having a bad day. What I do try to understand, if it's several days in a row, mm -hmm. that's a red flag for me. Mm -hmm. And I can't ignore that. So I've ignored it for too long, mm -hmm. close to a burnout. Mm -hmm. It's just in time to prevent that from happening. But for me, it's like, okay, I, I easily cry. It's just the tears mm -hmm. come out. Mm -hmm. And that's, for me, a red flag. Like, mm -hmm. what's going on? Mm -hmm. And understanding what's the root cause. And it's triggered by something, but most of the time there's a root cause. Mm -hmm. So uh, what I'll do is, be nice I'll buy some chocolates mm -hmm. perhaps even leave the office early that's what I did one afternoon last week is like okay this day is not a very good day but mm -hmm. the sun is shining let's mm -hmm. just make the most out of it and then also knowing it's just temporarily yeah I'm not gonna feel like that forever okay. <laughs> very good yeah. very good now talking about challenges in your entrepreneurial journey but also fears maybe because mm -hmm. I have a lot of coaching clients who they don't dare to start they don't think maybe they have the talent or not good enough or they compare themselves to others did you have any fears or do you just like no I want to be an entrepreneur let's do it <laughs> oh I definitely have fears yeah I guess everyone has and it's one of the things that I'm very conscious now about that mm -hmm they're there so when I started I was 28 at the time mm -hmm. I didn't have any managerial experience and I didn't have an idea mm -hmm. but yet all I wanted was becoming an entrepreneur mm -hmm. so of course it was challenging to start but then at the same time it's also in my case the people around me that weren't always that supportive mm -hmm. because financial stability is a great thing uh, you know my mom at some point said why don't you wait until you get married and have a <laughs> husband and yeah. no I don't want to wait I yeah. want to do this now. Yeah. But yeah, of course, then there's the fear of mm. how do I pay my bills, mm. especially if you don't have a partner or a support network in that sense. And also the fear of not being good enough, right? Mm. I'm ultimately still a female in Shanghai speaking okay Chinese, but not fluent yet. Mm -hmm. Data analytics tech company, male dominated world. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you get insecure at times and be like, ah. Why did I start at this? <laughs> so I guess with the fears, it helped me to think about what's the worst case scenario. I remember when I quit my job in Hong Kong because I didn't like it. I didn't have a new job. We're normally taught that don't throw away your old shoes before you have the new ones. Yeah. That's saying. Yeah. <laughs> don't quit your job if you don't have a new one. And then I remember that my dad, being a personal coach, went through this exercise with me and he said, what's the worst thing that can happen? And like mm -hmm. literally the worst thing. And the worst thing was indeed having to go back home to the Netherlands, Uh, end up living with my parents again, not mm -hmm. having a job. But if that's the worst case scenario, then it kind of comforts you in yeah. a way that you think, okay, but I would still have food. I would mm -hmm. still have a roof and yeah. a bed to sleep in. Yeah. And from there, I'll start again, right? Yes. So, uh, and you learned that yeah. from that experience. 100%. So, and it happened. That worst case happened. Mm -hmm. I stood on Dam Square in a milkmaid outfit, having people taking pictures as a Dutch milkmaid with me because I needed money. Yeah. And I didn't have a job. And mm -hmm. so to say that your biggest fear, even if it becomes a reality, brings the creative part mm. in you out there. And then that's a valuable lesson. Yeah, it's not at the time perhaps the most fun, but I think that's where the growth is at as mm -hmm. a person. Overcoming your fears. 100%. Yeah. 100%. 
So now I can already imagine some people saying, yeah, but she was like single or maybe nobody depended on her, mm -hmm. right? Like, I have a family, I can't do this. What would you say to these people? Well, I think it's for, for both sides, right? Yeah. I would be like, yeah, but I don't have a family and no one to support me. Mm -hmm. So uh, I guess on the one hand, see if it can be a support network and on the other hand i think communication and transparency is key right mm -hmm. sit down with your partner or your loved ones and talk about your desires mm -hmm. and why it is that you want to become an mm -hmm. entrepreneur and see because I mean, part of it is mostly financial. Yeah. If there's a way how you could perhaps combine the two things. So what I would do in the beginning, I mean, that's an extreme case, but we set up like an Airbnb service and clean apartments and toilets in my free time. Wow. No. That wasn't yeah. related to the business, but I really needed the money so mm -hmm. we could pay Chinese staff. I'm not suggesting that, <laughs> but I think oftentimes we forget how good we are mm -hmm. and that people are willing to pay money for your talents by freelancing, for mm -hmm. instance. So mm -hmm. for a longer period of time, we just looked at, okay, well, this is the business we eventually want to set up, but in the meantime, maybe one day or two days a week, can we also have a more freelance basis yeah. where still income is coming in? I think that's where I, for a long time, neglected my own strengths mm -hmm. and uh, indeed decided to then clean apartments instead of mm -hmm. really focusing on something relevant. You underestimate your own talents and your own experience and your own skills. A lot of people are still looking for good people. 100%. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. I love that. You show you're a good example that you, if you really want to, you do anything. Yeah. Right? Like, no, I mean, like you told me like, you <laughs> yes. know, the milk model. Yeah. And, yes. you know, like, you know, this also really proves that you're really like a makers woman. You go for it, you know, yes. in whatever way. And I think that's impressive. Yeah. And yeah. now, yeah, yeah. like looking at you having these different startups that run successfully and having yeah. 15 people, I think it's just an amazing story that yeah. shows us your power and your strengths behind yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. Really cool. <laughs> but you're right. I agree with the freelancing idea yeah. too. It's a very good way to go for it. There are so many platforms online. Whatever experience you have, right, could be your design skills, your organization skills. There's anything you can do just planning events there are people who are looking for this and it's actually very easy nowadays with the internet yeah absolutely yes so. if there's a way where you can have a passive income or for me medium is also a very good source where mm. they explain in ways like how to earn a bit of money on the side and yeah just familiarize in, in that sense because there's more out there nowadays definitely yeah 100 so yeah. many opportunities yeah too yes. many almost <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> okay so what do you say now, Chowli, it's a data analytics company and also cloud-based yep. software. What is your favorite activity on your day-to-day -day business? I just, in general, love meeting people, mm -hmm. understanding their stories and understanding their challenges. I think as any entrepreneur, it's important to see how are we solving a problem. If we're in a problem-solving business, right? If there's no problem and yet you do something for fun, well, you could, and maybe it's a hobby, mm -hmm. but let's see are there clients or customers who are willing to pay for that. So understanding their challenges for me is super exciting and then see how we can help them solve as I said one of my favorite things is I love to learn so mm -hmm. during last year I did my computer science degree from Harvard online wow. yeah so in the weekend I was like programming a bit and I like that uh, can you impress so, me even more no, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it was a basic course don't you know, six weeks basic course but, but still yeah but what I saw, so what I like is also more on the product owner side mm -hmm. so if I hear the problem on the one hand and working with the tech team on the other hand to see what's possible, 
what's not and which features to add. Yeah, I kind of like that, like doing new stuff. The moment things get repetitive, I'm bored mm. easily. Yeah. And what's exciting and what made a huge difference is the people that I now work with compared to the previous team. Mm -hmm. So core values, super important. I really enjoy talking with the team members, the brainstorming. Mm -hmm. They come up with good ideas. Mm -hmm. They are proactive. and. That's a celebration almost to me. Like, oh, this is exciting. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about core values, what are your core values? And what is the company's core values? Are they the same or? They're pretty aligned, actually. Mm -hmm. I was also taught in the Accelerator program that especially as an entrepreneur and a starting business, your core values are mostly aligned, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You as the entrepreneur, you are the company. So yes, you yes, can yes. set the core values. On the other hand, I also believe that it should be in line with your business. Mm -hmm. So one of our core values is we call ourselves like detailed junkies mm -hmm. or I uh, for detail and we have to because we're in data analytics mm. right so data reliability it's very important and so we need to see and keep an eye on all the details so that's one then be brave and curious mm -hmm. that's that love to learn curiosity start with why mm -hmm. uh, I find very often that people start doing things because they're told to do something, mm -hmm. but then thinking about the bigger picture, why are we doing it? Mm -hmm. And is there perhaps a better way of doing it is really important. And the last one is under promise over deliver, especially in China, there's a lot of yes and confirmation about we'll promise you the world. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our clients are suffering from that. So they're disappointed with the results in China because the expectations weren't set in mm -hmm. a realistic way. And so we counter that by saying we under promise but over deliver. Nice. Yeah. Cool. That's love it. it. Mm -hmm. Very good. Do you have more Western clients or Chinese clients? The exciting part is we started with Western clients okay. simply because we speak the same language and mindset. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to data analytics, there's a long time in China that it was a lot of business decisions were taken based on gut feeling. I think in the Western world, having data-driven decisions was a bit longer already in the mm -hmm. mindset. So mm -hmm. it was easier for us to work with Western clients. Mm -hmm. But things are changing in China. Mm -hmm. And from a SaaS point of view, you see that that's upcoming. Uh, so we actually pitched for the first time for our Chinese company last month. So we're getting there. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Nice. So, and that again, that excites me because mm -hmm. it's something new and it's really understanding then a different user group because mm -hmm. Western brands look at it differently than the Chinese. Mm -hmm. And I find the Chinese one actually way more exciting because mm -hmm. it's new and it's unknown. So I'm trying to understand their better and their challenges. Nice. Okay, yeah. cool. Now that it's changing and new things coming up, what would you say is in general your vision for Chowley for yourself? So Chowley, it facilitates you as an entrepreneur, right? Yes. You have your own company. I think that's what I love about entrepreneurship and what many people say is about the freedom that yeah. you have. So in that sense, I really wanted to live in China. Mm -hmm. And so I started a company called Webshop in China instead mm -hmm. of Webshop in Brazil or yeah, Belgium. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're kind of thinking of, is there a place you want to live or you see yourself living that helps? For me, I'm not sure. I'm very much enjoying China at the moment. Mm -hmm. There is no other place that I would rather be in terms of me being able to personal develop myself, but also the type of people that I meet here mm -hmm. and the freedom that we also mm -hmm. currently have 
We yeah. can sit here next yes. to each other without a mouth guard. <laughs> yes, yeah. I don't see myself leaving anytime soon, but who knows, perhaps one day if there's a partner and a family, but yeah. for now, no. And what we try to do with Chowley is that we foresee that the industry is slowly changing. Mm -hmm. With e-commerce, normally you would outsource that to a partner, mm -hmm. or a T-Mall partner or a mm -hmm. TP partner. We believe, especially in China, because 52% of retail is online, it's mm -hmm. like higher than anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. more and more companies want to take that in-house. Mm -hmm. And so Chowley is also there to support those companies to mm -hmm. have it in-house. Perhaps we're a bit early to ride that wave, but um, I'm a firm believer that wave will come and uh, yeah, excited for the future. Yeah, amazing. Yes. It sounds like a lot of potential. And yeah. I mean, China <laughs> is also during COVID one of the biggest and fastest growing markets. And yeah, as you said, we're very lucky also for the people living here in China, we can move freely most of the times with of course, safety measures like the green code and everything. Yeah, we're quite lucky. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Very good. Sounds like a good plan. I think <coughs> the plan is one thing. And then, of course, it comes down to execution. Mm. Perhaps I think the, the common entrepreneur trap is that entrepreneurs, they're creative and they like to come up with new ideas and mm -hmm. they like to do new things. But following through on it for a longer yeah. period of time is, is also a different mindset. And uh, for the first time, compared to all the other companies, I feel that this is the right path. I'm really excited about following it through and see where it goes. I don't see myself doing this for the next 20 years. I have a life plan. Okay. Yeah, I think... Uh, Do you want to share a little bit? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So as long as I can remember, uh, I just saw a note at my mom's place when I was 13 mm -hmm. and I had to write down future job. It already mm -hmm. said own company, mm -hmm. uh, which was confirmed by my parents on the other side of the notes. So having that entrepreneurial spirit in me and the, my dad once mentioned angel investor, mm -hmm. I think when I was 15 and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like that. The longer term plan is that I'd like to build up a company from scratch all the way to selling it, mm -hmm. making an exit mm -hmm. uh, and with everything that happens in between, right? Because mm. it's really starting is one thing, but scaling up is another. And with that experience, I very much hope to inspire and help and assist other entrepreneurs. So not mm -hmm. only on a financial point of view, but more like you with the coaching, mm -hmm. mentorship and being that support network because it can be tough. And I'm very happy and blessed with the people in the support network, the coaches and mentor, and I'm uh, happy to give back. Nice. Yes. Oh, beautiful. So after like your yeah, entrepreneurship in general, but then also moving on as a angel investor. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, really yeah. cool. I Who love knows, that. Dragon's Den, here yeah. I come. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And also like what you said is giving back, yes. right? Because you know, you have mentors and coaches that it actually always takes more people. There's maybe one entrepreneur, but actually there's a team somehow behind, mm -hmm. like a support network or yeah. people who cheer you on when you're down, right? Yeah, and, um, absolutely. So talking about this, because actually yeah. a good point, what would you say were your biggest or best resources or help that you got could be people could be books courses yeah. do you have any like your top three Oh, wow. you can recommend? I would say, well, for me, EO, Entrepreneurs Organization and their Accelerator Program, mm -hmm. it's been extremely helpful. It was like coming home because even though I studied business and management, entrepreneurship and all the mistakes that come with it is something 
different, right? They mm -hmm. don't teach you about when to invoice or how to manage your cash flow. Joining an accelerator program very much helps. Then I think a mentorship, really finding someone who's there and where you have a monthly at least interaction with mm -hmm. is nice because you build up that relationship together mm -hmm. and then really work towards it even though the entrepreneur is the one running but it's good to have some people on the outside questioning you on the direction that you're running into and books i love reading books but that really ranges from miracle morning mm -hmm. how to set yourself up mm -hmm. for success in the morning to scaling up good to great there's so many business yeah. books there they're, they're the classic ones yeah yeah but it's always good so the accelerator Ship, yeah. then a mentor yes. and then just learning yes growing and investing into your growth right like yes. through books or maybe courses like oh, yours absolutely yeah, yeah cool like talking about a mentor and i think that's what people would be interested in it's like how did you find your mentor because it's sometimes quite hard if you don't have maybe just imagine in your network family there's nobody in entrepreneurship no business and then they're like oh what how should i find someone yeah sure what helped for me i remember that my first mentor so to say was my previous neighbor in mm -hmm. the town where i grew up and i was 20 and i wanted to do an internship in new york actually mm -hmm. it's like looking at your resources in a way that who has the experience or perhaps the network who do you look up to or be inspired by okay. right and this was a successful businessman mm -hmm. uh, i used to babysit his children and okay, i'm like wow. hey let me connect with him and I feel that people are really happy if they can help mm -hmm. and share their experiences now fast forward in Shanghai I know especially for females for women there's the mm -hmm. female mentorship walk mm -hmm. uh, once a month so there's different mentorship programs that mm. you can apply for if you look for it nice yeah. so yeah. I guess online is a good resource to check for your city Shanghai or wherever you are in the world yeah so uh, just check online mentor Yes, maybe. mentor programs. And what I also did, but I mean, it's always a difficult one, mentorship versus coaching. Think about the people you can reach out to and who inspired you. So last year when I was close to a burnout, I reached out to a very spiritual person in my network, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that asking for help is a strength and not a weakness. One of the biggest lessons learned also was that asking for help is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I was raised in a way that I should be an independent woman, mm -hmm. not rely on anyone else. Mm -hmm. Also me becoming an entrepreneur was my decision. Mm -hmm. So I felt that I constantly had to make it work on my own. Mm -hmm. But then accepting help is a good thing that I now realize. And people love to help, right? You, you yes. like that too? Yeah, yeah 100%. Oh, I love that because this is something I encounter myself and I see many women but also men as entrepreneurs we always think we need to be the creator the yeah. one who yeah. makes it possible themselves right yes. but in the end it's a good thing to ask for help mm. when you need it and people love to help then you can yeah. connect and maybe even create a network right yeah absolutely amazing good yes. good um, dare to ask for help big one yeah yeah good that you share it today it's a, it's a good tip yeah and then now as the last question I would like to ask you for all the women out there mm -hmm. who are thinking about starting a business but maybe are not sure and maybe are listening to this podcast to get some inspiration what would you tell them today I would say just do it but I know it's not that easy so if something's holding you back then I think the first step is to look at what's holding me back right mm -hmm. why have I not started it mm -hmm. and that's an important part because oftentimes it's within us it's mm -hmm. indeed being insecure or having a fear and talking about it and perhaps reaching out to a coach to see hey what's holding me back which false beliefs are 
are preventing me from starting it, that's a very good first step because it's not that you're not a good entrepreneur if you haven't started yet, but you need to solve the problems or the things that are holding you back. Mm -hmm. I guess that's on the one hand. And not having a plan or perhaps being way too ambitious is also the things that is difficult because where to start? A coach last month told me, Daphne, you as an entrepreneur, you wanna be able to build a car like Elon Musk builds Tesla, right? And mm -hmm. he's like, considering the limited resources, but with all your talent and your experience, don't think about you can't build the car yet and be frustrated about the car start something small so start with a skateboard and mm -hmm. then from the skateboard you go to the bicycle mm -hmm. and from the bicycle you go to the e-bike into a motor mm -hmm. if you cut it up in smaller pieces then all of a sudden you don't feel threatened about mm. this huge thing and the huge elephant it's yeah. like i know where to start now that really helped me looking into how can I build a good bicycle? Let's start with that yeah. instead of constantly focusing on a Tesla car, which I'm not there yet, but then you'll have your roadmap getting there. So Great. start small. Nice. So number one is check or see what is holding you back and be honest to yourself, right? Look inside what fears or insecurities there are, right? Yeah. It helps to talk about it, to get it out of the way, maybe out of the system. And the second one, very nice, start small. Yeah. Have big dreams, maybe, Absolutely. but then yeah. start small, make it actionable. Yes, very cool. Exactly that. Thank you so, so much, Daphne. Yeah, thanks for, for having me. Yeah, for your time today <laughs> and sharing all your knowledge yeah. and insights. Very happy to have you. Great. Yeah, and if any questions, I always reach out to us. Exactly. For all the information about Daphne and Chauli, her company, everything will be linked in the description below. Yeah, thank you for tuning in and have a nice day. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you like this episode, let me know by subscribing to your SoBiz podcast and leaving me a review on iTunes or Spotify. This way I can keep the good stuff coming. If you don't follow me on Instagram yet, connect with me at Michelle Pine for more inspirations and insights. I would love to hear from you. So leave me a comment on the latest post with your biggest takeaway from today's episode. And before you leave, remember, the world needs you to be you and share your unique gifts. Go out, shine bright and create a life you love.